Our reading this morning is 2 Kings 3, verse 9, and then verse 16 through 24. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout route seven days, and there was no water for the army nor for the animals that followed them. And he said, Thus says the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, You shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. And you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly water came by way of Edom and the land was filled with water. And when all the Moabites heard that the kings had come up to fight against them, all who were able to bear arms and older were gathered, and they stood at the border. Then they rose up early in the morning, and the sun was shining on the water, and the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. And they said, This is blood. The kings have surely struck swords and have killed one another. Now therefore, Moab, to the spoil. So when they came to the camp of Israel, Israel rose up and attacked the Moabites, so that they fled before them, and they entered their land, killing the Moabites. The northern king of Israel and the southern king of Judah and the king of Edom were in a military campaign against the Moabites. And as they led their army through the wilderness of Edom, they found out that there was a serious problem with regard to their, with regard to their, uh, their, their army. And that was the fact that, just as David read, there was no water anywhere to be found. So it was the king of Israel and the king of Judah went and found Elisha the prophet. And Elisha didn't have any respect for the northern king of Israel, but he did have respect for the southern king of Judah. And so he said, call a minstrel and uh, have him come here and play for me. And as he played, Elisha said, this is what you're going to do. He said, I know there's no water to be found. What you're going to do is you're going to start digging ditches. And as you dig those ditches, you're not going to hear the sound of water. You're not going to hear the sound of rain. He said, but God's going to cause those ditches to become full. And as it was, the people began to dig ditches, just like Elisha had said. And the very next day, about the time of the sacrifice, from out of nowhere came this water. And this water came and it filled up the entire valley. And all of the ditches that those people had dug were full. And they were full to the brim. So it was that... Israel was able to wage a successful military campaign against the kings of Moab. So we asked this question this morning, are you digging the trench of the kingdom, brother? That would have been a perfectly acceptable song, only I guess, uh, are you sowing the seed of the kingdom, brother? Seemed like it was probably a little bit more catchy. I'd ask Troy and Peggy this week if, if it was, you know, are you digging the ditch of the kingdom, brother? Or are you digging the trench? And they said, well, trench sounds a little better. It's okay, so we'll go with that. If you like ditch, that's fine. But that's the question we're asking just for a few moments this morning. Are you digging the trench of the kingdom, brother? As I read this account, there was a thought that came to me, and I jotted down and tried to put it in words the way that I thought about it. And this is the thought that I had. To the degree that we do what God tells us, we're going to receive the proportionate blessing from God. 
to the degree that we do what God tells us to do, that is, we take our faith and we put that faith into action, to whatever degree that we do that, if we do it just a little bit, we're going to get a little bit back from God. If we do it a whole lot, then you know what we're going to get back from God? We're going to get a whole lot back from God. And so when we talk about things like evangelism, to the degree that I maybe just uh, just mention a word about Jesus to the cashier, I'm not going to get very much back from that. But to the degree that actively and, 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 and every single day I'm engaging those evangelistic muscles and I'm going and trying to do what God said and told me to do, you know what, I'm going to get a whole lot more results from that than I am just maybe passing in a passing conversation with somebody. And it occurs to me that this is kind of a little bit much as far as wordiness goes. And I thought, you know, this resembles a Bible principle that we can learn certainly from 2 Kings chapter 3. And it is this principle, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Brothers and sisters, we're sitting here on Purpose Sunday this morning. And for just a few moments, I want you to consider the fact that sowing and reaping has always been a part of what it is that God has said. That is, to the degree that we do what God tells us, we're going to get back the proportionate amount by how much we put in. Look at this account here in 2 Kings chapter 3 just for a moment. Notice five different principles that are a part of this. The first thing is, is the simplicity. The simplicity. It was a simple matter, chapter 3, verse 18. God says, you're not going to see wind, or you're not going to hear wind, you're not going to see rain, but this is a simple matter. And for the God that created everything in six literal days, for Jesus who walked on the water in John chapter 14, or Matthew chapter 14, and all of the accounts, we see that, was God able to fill those ditches? The answer was yes. Was God able to fill those ditches and do it abundantly? And the answer was yes, absolutely. It's a simple matter. All they do is dig the ditches in God, and they wait for God to fill them up. Understand this, he's told them what to do to prepare he said, here's what you're going to do, Israel. You're going to go out there with your shovels, even though you're not going to see evidence of water, even though you're not going to hear anything that's going to indicate the fact that there's going to be something that's going to satisfy tomorrow. You start digging. You start digging. Isn't that the same thing that he told Noah, whatever it was, that it hadn't rained on the earth in Noah, excuse me, Genesis chapter 6 and 7? Noah had never seen a rain cloud. Noah had never heard the sound of thunder. And those people looked at Noah as he was building that ark, and they thought, what a crazy guy. The Bible calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. You know why? Because he was trusting God. He was doing what God told him to do, and he received the blessing afterward, didn't he? It's a simple matter. God told them what they needed to do to prepare. Understand this. Each was blessed in the amount according to what they dug. This kind of goes without saying, but here's the thing. God says, I'm going to fill up your ditch. What kind of ditch are you going to dig? You're going to dig a little shallow hole, you know, about this big. We used to, when I lived in Colorado, we used to go out in the backyard with my dad's shovel and, and start digging, uh, digging ditches. And, and we had a friend across the street. Uh, I don't know what he did, but man, he dug a huge hole. And I thought, man, and, and his dad wasn't too happy about that, you know, in the backyard coming home and finding, you know, a big uh, four-foot hole deep, uh, four-foot deep hole. But here's the thing. The people, in proportion to how deep they dug, that was what God filled up. And that ditch, as it was dug, you can imagine some people saying, oh, I don't believe this. And so they just dug a little shallow trench. Well, that's all they got back was just a little bit of water. 
Those people that chose to take the time to dig deep were the ones that got back an abundance of God's blessing. Understand this. God was the one who caused the abundance. It wasn't anything those people did. It wasn't any of their goodness that they filled up their trenches. It was that God was the one that from the north there would be, it came just water all through the land that began to fill the ditches. And God did that in his abundance. Reminds me of Jesus and his promise in John chapter 10, verse 10, to say, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That's not anything, folks, that we provide for ourselves. We talk about earning our own money and, and we've provided for ourselves to satisfy. Well, you know what? It's not ours. It's not ours. It's God that provides the abundance. It's God, it's God that enables you to have the nice things that you have in your life. It's him that provides that for us. And realize this, the people were able to share in God's victory. By them doing what God said to do. It wasn't just the fact that they had water as an army, which is a vital aspect if you're trying to wage a military campaign. But it was also that the Moabites looked out at that, and they thought, those people... You see all that and the way the sun hit the, hit the water there in the valley? They said, oh, that's obviously blood. Somebody's come beforehand. Moab, let's go down. Let's take it. But that was just the weakness that God needed in order to cause victory for the people. And brothers and sisters, so we look at this principle this morning. To the degree which we do things God tells us to do, we will reap in abundance afterwards. Or as a man sows, that shall he also reap. We asked this question this morning about the Graver Road Church family. Will God fill our ditches? As we prepare to let the elders know about how much we're going to give for the coming year, we still have to ask the question, is God going to fill our ditches? And I ask, has anything changed from 2 Kings 3 to today, America, almost 2019? It's still a simple matter for God. That green stuff that we like to carry around in our pockets, that money that we feel like gives us power and certainly gives us options with the uh, types of things that we do, you know what? That still belongs to God. And to the degree that we're going to give to him, we are going to receive. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. As the people, now God brings this accusation against them and the minor prophets, and he says, you've robbed me. You haven't given me the best. You haven't given me what I told you to do. And you know who's suffering? It's not God. It's the people that are suffering because God knows these people need to give, and they need to give up their best. And Malachi, God through Malachi gives this challenge. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, the tithe, the tenth. Bring all of this into the storehouse. He said, there may be food in my house and try me now in this. Giving is one of the things that you can put God to the test and know the fact that he's always, always going to fill up your ditch. No matter how deeply you dig, God is always going to fill it up. I don't know how it's going to work. We don't always hear the sounds of wind or rain. But you know what? It's still a simple matter for God. He says, try me now in this and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room to receive it. What's our responsibility? It's to dig that ditch. It's to dig that trench, to put God to the test, to try him and say, this is what I'm going to give. Realize this, number two, he still tells us what to do to prepare you know, Jesus talked a lot about giving. Matthew, Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. Jesus said this, Give, and it will be given to you. 
A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Hey, you know what? To the degree in which we do things God's way, God's going to bless us in proportion to that. Or as a man sows, that shall we also reap. Or to the degree which you give, it will be given back to you. You know why? Because you can't outgive God. You can never outgive God. It's still a simple matter. He still tells us what to do to prepare, but brothers and sisters, our blessing is going to be still according to the depth with which we give, the depth with which we dig. Second Corinthians chapter 6, and verse 9, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Long sowing and reaping is still the same as it always has been in God's kingdom. It is the fact that he gives us in abundance. He still gives to us in abundance. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. God is able. It's a simple matter. God is able to make all, to make all grace to abound towards you so that you may always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Note how many times in this context and in this verse, he uses the term all, 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 every. God is able to do that. God is still going to give you, give to you, but you know what? We don't give so that we can store up and hold it on to ourselves. You can have my dollar when you pry it from my cold, dead hand. It's not that at all. Brothers and sisters, it's the difference between our lives becoming reservoir for God's blessings. That is, we're going to store them up and keep them to ourselves versus our lives going to be channels of God's blessing. God may give me and God may cause that water to run through my life and fill up my ditch. But you know what? It wasn't for just those people that those ditches were filled. It was for their animals. It was for others to come and get their water and get whatever it was they needed. Can you imagine somebody standing around their ditch and saying, nope, this is my water. This is my water. You're not getting any of this. Brothers and sisters, our lives are supposed to be channels of God's blessing and not reservoirs. Last one. We're going to be the ones to share in God's victory. We're going to be the ones to share in God's victory. Philippians 4, verse 17, Paul said this, speaking in the context of especially being content with whatever he had. He said, I'm not seeking a gift. The Philippian church was one that supported him in his ministry to go and preach the gospel. And as he talked about that, he said, you know, I'm not looking for the gift. He said, but I'm seeking the fruit that abounds to your account. <laughs> my daughters like to cook with me. My oldest likes to make pizza with me. Have you ever tried to cook with a four-year-old? Have you ever tried to cook with a six-year-old? It's lots of fun. <laughs> It's lots of fun, but you can expect that not everything is going to get where it's supposed to go. Claire is my sampler. We'll make cookies together, and we'll start baking, and, and sometimes it is that uh, the sugar goes in, in there, but sometimes it is the sugar goes in the mouth and all over the floor sometimes. And here's the thing. I don't need my children to cook with me in order to get it done right, yeah? Is that true? But I understand that my children need to cook. Brothers and sisters, God's going to be glorified. God's going to gain the victory. Whether you purpose zero dollars or you purpose a thousand dollars of every ten that you get. God is going to be glorified. God doesn't need your money, if I can say that. But here's the thing. 
We need to give. God can do it without us. But part of our Christian faith is learning how to dig and learning the fact that God is going to fill it up and God is going to take care of us. So we ask the question this morning, what have you purposed to give to the church in 2019? Giving is really a wonderful adventure of the Christian life. It's really a wonderful thing because you can purpose to give more and more and more, certainly understanding finances and understanding the difficulty, but also understanding that I want to demonstrate my trust in God. And so I'm going to dig that trench and I'm going to dig it deep. But you know what? Every single time God is going to fill it up and how he does that is anyone's guess. But it's a measure of our faith and our saying, I trust you this much, God, to do this. Have you given yourself to God first? That's the difference that's going to make is I am fully committed to Jesus Christ as my master. That was the difference in the Macedonians given in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It was the fact that they had given themselves to the Lord first and also to the brethren. So it was that the gift could be offered. And then he talks about giving as a Christian grace. Are you digging the trench of the kingdom, brother? Let's stand and sing our invitation song.